For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello and welcome back to Highway to Hoover, a production of SEC Extra over at D1Baseball.com. Got another episode talking with an SEC beat writer today. We've been doing this all season. We will continue throughout the entire 2023 season. Today, we are joined by Austin Hannon of BamaCentral.com. We're going to talk some Crimson Tide baseball coming off their first SEC series win of the season. So perhaps some positive momentum there. We'll talk to Austin about that in just a second. But first, I have to let you know that this episode of Highway to Hoover and every episode of Highway to Hoover this season is brought to you by Brock's Gap Brewing Company in Hoover, Alabama. We, of course, have our live episode of Highway to Hoover, myself and Mark Etheridge, on Monday, May 22nd, the night before the SEC tournament begins. Head on over to D1Baseball.com and get more information on how you can get your ticket and join us for the show. Austin, I appreciate you joining us today. Absolutely. Joe, how are you doing? Love all the Not stuff you guys bad. do yeah. over at, at D1 and uh, keeping this sport kind of relevant in the, in the, in the world. So, um, yeah, it's great to be on. Yeah, I appreciate the kind words. Um So like I mentioned last weekend, first SEC series win of the season for Alabama and and had to have been a emotional roller coaster of a weekend because, you know, Friday you lose to a rival and it was kind of ugly. Frankly, it wasn't as close as the score indicated. Then you've got, okay, Ben Hess isn't going to pitch. And oh, by the way, Grayson hits hurt now. So how much of a difference just from a morale standpoint was Friday post game to kind of Sunday post game? Because I have to imagine it was it was quite a difference there. Yeah, you mentioned it, and I believe we, we talked with Brad Bohannon on Monday or Tuesday um, before the Southern Miss game in the middle of the week, and he kind of said, hey, this is a big week, big week obviously. Um, you kind of wanted to either get a sweep or two out of three against Mississippi State at home the weekend before, uh, but they came in and their lineup did what their lineup can do on a good day, which we saw it again this past weekend at a, in a raucous uh, dude over the weekend. They've got good hitters still, and so they came into Tuscaloosa and they took the series, and um, he kind of realized that, hey, this is going to be a big week. you got Southern Miss and you've got Auburn. Um, Auburn. Obviously, the Auburn series, I think, was the only sellout crowds of that we've had all season at, at Sewell Thomas. And uh, for good reason. Obviously, everybody likes to see a rivalry game, rivalry series. They take care of business against Southern Miss, which, uh, you know, just as good as I do, Southern Miss is a great baseball team. They have a great program. Um, their success from last year has kind of continued over. They, they've had a good year. I believe they're still top 30 in RPI. And they win 13 to 0. And it's like, OK, we check off box number one. Uh, now Auburn's coming to town. The fans are getting excited. They're like, maybe this is kind of the, the turn you want. And then, like you said, Auburn comes out, scores eight runs to start the game, and it's just kind of dead quiet, silent. Uh, here we go again. Another team that we probably should beat is, is here and taking care of business. They get those four runs in the ninth against the bad Auburn bullpen. I think that maybe turns the momentum a little bit going into Saturday. Uh, just kind of they they maybe ca- caught something, saw something, felt something that maybe they could kind of work with the remainder of the series. Um, and then Saturday, you have to win Saturday. And they throw off Garrett McMillan. We haven't seen him really all year long. He was the ace last year. He's got great stuff. He throws cheese. Um, and he comes out there and gives a perfect scoreless five innings. 
the lineup does enough and you win the Saturday game. And that's kind of step one from the weekend um, that that brought the Sunday game, which had huge implications for both teams tied in the standings. I think they both felt like uh, they could take the series at that point. And Alabama comes out and I, I know it's it's Auburn and they're having more of a down year than we've seen from them. But I think one of the more complete baseball games of the season for Alabama on Sunday, you got to see great pitching. I think there was timely hitting. They still left eight or nine runners on base, but you get the six runs, you hold them to one. Um, and we got to see great stuff from Jacob McNary, who was a good starter last year. He's been more of a midweek guy this year because he struggled a little bit, uh, but he pitched great on Sunday um, in the bullpen, which freshman Alton Davis, Riley Quick coming in there, getting the job done. I think it's 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 just kind of shown that this team has potential. Um, they, haven't, they haven't shown it all times during SEC play, but I think Sunday was a good observation of, of what could be to come. How big of a difference do you perceive Garrett McMillan coming back was not just from the standpoint of on field, obviously he pitched great, but also just from the standpoint of, Hey, this is our guy. He was our Friday guy last year. Reinforcements are coming. Let's not panic. Um, you know, we can trust this guy to do the kinds of things he did in, in a Saturday start. It's huge. And I think a lot of the times this year, the lineup, which has been great, has had to kind of carry the load. Uh, we've seen the bullpen struggle. The starters not really give great innings. But, I mean, Bohannon talked about it. When when you see Garrett McMillan go out there on the mound, it kind of gives you a renewed sense of, like, optimism and confidence that, hey, we can get the job done today when he's out there. Um, he plays with a lot of energy. Uh, you see him, you know, doing the kind of new stuff of baseball, yelling at the hitters and getting excited after strikeouts. And I think he kind of gets the guys going. He's a big energy guy. Bohannon loves that from him. And, I mean, the, the pitching speaks for itself. He had a, a phenomenal game against a good Auburn lineup that I, I think still one of the best lineups in the SEC. Um, and he kind of went in there and made them look like it was a midweek opponent, like a, it was like a rehab start. And he went out there and being an in-state guy, he played at, at I believe Shelton State Community College here in Tuscaloosa before coming over. Um, he's from the area. He, he's been an Alabama fan his whole life, he said. So it was a big moment for him for sure. How much, especially in that Sunday game, you mentioned the pitching you got there in the bullpen was was so good generally, but but on Sunday in particular, how much of a, does that feel a little bit like a turning point to you for that unit? Because I have to admit that early on, and I, I saw Alabama early in SEC play in Gainesville, and I thought like, hey, Cade Woods is that guy. Like he's their guy. And then all of a sudden he starts to slip. And I, just speaking for myself, I'm thinking, uh-oh, like this, this might actually be a real problem here. And now it, it feels like whether it's the emergence of Davis or Riley Quick pitching better, that maybe it's okay. We're, we're starting to get this figured out a little bit. And just because we have one guy who's, who's not pitching well right now, doesn't mean the whole, the whole ship is sinking. Yeah. It's just, it's the one word has been an inconsistency. And I've talked to Brad Bohannon about that because non-conference play, he oftentimes talked like that was the strength of this baseball team, or at least one of them. I mean, he was very happy with the way they were pitching. He knew that they were young, which a lot of them are freshmen and sophomore, but you're kind of maybe seeing them get into the swing of things. I mean, it, it's, it's one thing to get thrown in there as a freshman in SEC baseball play. I mean, you, it's one thing to play Columbia and, you know, the, the, the non-conference opponents that Alabama scheduled this year. But it's another thing when these guys start showing up to the stadium that have won national championships and have been all SEC and everything like that. So I think they're trying to just locate pitches. They've got good stuff. It's just you have to be so darn good when you're playing against teams in this conference that can kill you with any pitch to throw out there. So um, I think it was a big confidence boost this weekend because Auburn, like I said, has got a great lineup. And I think if they can kind of continue to pitch like that and, and they feel confident because they've done it before now, they've, they've come in and closed down games against Auburn, that they can maybe kind of continue that and won't be as out of position, if you will, against teams like LSU and Vanderbilt coming up on the schedule. 
one of the things that's been interesting to me about this team is the way they've continued to fight. And, and my colleague, Mike Rooney on a podcast that I did with him recently said that that's kind of what stood out to him most about this Alabama team. Cause I think you can draw a comparison to some other teams, right? Like Mizzou has had injury problems and they've had some games where they've gotten rolled and Mississippi state obviously was having pitching issues and they had some games where they just got run off the field and Ole Miss has had games. Where they've, and Alabama really hasn't had that. They've been in just about every game. They've been in every single series to what do you think you can point to that, that has given them the ability to have that belief, even as let's be honest, the first four weeks of conference play was, wasn't going great. This isn't a new thing, Joe. I mean, last year, I think they were number one in the country for a lot of the season in one-run games, and a lot of them went the other way and were probably the reason they didn't end up making the NCAA tournament. And I think it's been similar to that in SEC play. You want – it's like – you don't. it's almost it happens so much you don't want to call it unlucky. But, yeah, it's just like you, you, you're showing that you're competing with these top-tier programs and you're competing and you're putting up runs, and then at the end of the day you still come out with the L and you lose – You've lost a series at Florida, like you said, you were there. You lost a series in Fayetteville when you won game one. And so it's just about putting it together for three consecutive days. I think they can, they've can. they shown that they can play with the best programs in this, in this conference this year, but can they do it for three straight days every weekend? Building on that point, I wonder how much – how much is the message that, that coach Bo is still giving to this team that, Hey, look at how close we are. Or is it kind of past that point? Like, is, is that, is it just kind of like the team's like, yeah, we know we just haven't really got it across the finish line. Yeah, yet. I mean, Cause I would think, they, I think that'd be a coaching challenge. You can't just keep showing guys, Hey, we're close. We're close. You know, I think they know they're close and coming into the season, they had high expectations from fans and from really a lot of people have been talking about Brad Bohannon. Is he on the hot seat? Has he been, um, you know, just one tournament and I think six years since he's been here. And so it's like, this is a kind of storied baseball program that's had success in the past. They, I think people liked Brad Bohannon at the start. He got them to the tournament, I think, in year two or three. And then now we've had a couple of years of like, we're sitting outside of the tournament barely. We're kind of almost there. And last year, you could put a lot of it to midweek losses, which they fixed that this year. They're 10 and 0 in the midweek. They went 20 and 2 in not conference play. Um, and they're 6 and 9 in the SEC. And I, I think anybody within the program, I think they would be happy about that. I mean, that's not a bad record for. I mean, we, everybody knows about SEC football, SEC basketball's on the way up, but SEC baseball's in a whole different league. I mean, this is without a doubt the top conference in the country. And to say you're six and nine through uh, the first five series, I don't think is that bad. Obviously, you know, you've got the top two teams in the conference coming up still, uh, but they know that they can hang with these teams and, and they've shown that. And I think there's still a lot of confidence in that, in that locker room, especially after the week they had with that big win over Southern Miss and then the series went over Auburn. The lineup is is fascinating to me. Just speak from the standpoint of there's not really a there's no Dylan Cruz in this lineup, right? Mm -hmm. There's not a Jacob Gonzalez. I mean, we could sit here and go down the line, but like one through nine, it's good baseball players, is how I've described it. And you know, there's been moments like Pinkney was super hot to start the season. Colby Shelton has had moments where he's kind of carried the load, but by and large, it's just a pretty even lineup one through nine. But as someone who has watched a lot more games more closely than I have, who do you feel like is making the lineup go right now? Got to be Drew Williamson for me. Um, I, I believe he's a fifth year. He's from the state. Um, he's been around the program for just about as since Brad Bohannon took over. Um, he's having a great year. He's hitting in the three hole right now. I think he's near a 1-1 OPS. And he's kind of become the guy. I think he's leading the team in RBIs. He's got 10 home runs. Um, he's got a lot of walks, which is something he's really worked on this year. Um, not being as, as much of a home run and strikeout kind of guy, but a guy that can get on base and uh, make things happen. Andrew Pinkney, you mentioned him. I think he's the biggest name coming into this year just because of how he finished last year. He was red hot um, all the way through Hoover. And then this year, 
he got a little bit of draft interest, but he came back. Um, he had a great start, and he's kind of fallen off a little bit in SEC play, which is the opposite of what happened last year. He had a bad non-conference and then heated up during SEC play, um, and he's got a Brad Bohannon lets him know. I mean, he he will list these guys each day of how they are performing at the moment. Um, and this weekend he had Pinkney in the eight hole every now and then. And so, you know, I, what does that do to a kid's confidence? I don't know. I don't think it's affecting Andrew, but um, you, and I think the same thing goes for Colby Shelton. He's got the highest OPS on the team. He kind of surprised everyone with the home runs early. He's still the home run leader on the team, uh, but he's a guy that they kind of need to get back going again. I think Matt Gusset, the transfer from Florida, has had a huge impact this year. Um, and they've even playing something that doesn't really, you don't see in baseball very often, two catchers um, with Dominic Temez playing the designated hitter every now and then and putting Gusset at catcher. So it's a deep lineup, like you said. Um, I think there's a lot of guys on there. Jim Jarvis, another guy, he's kind of hitting leadoff now. He's getting better and better um, at the plate and, and picking up singles and walks and getting the thing started. So I think this is the biggest strength of the team at this moment. I think they're, they're still an offensive team, but I think if the pitching and bullpen can continue to do what they're doing, it, it could switch that. To me, Jim Jarvis is one of the most interesting people in college mm -hmm. baseball. Just from, you know, he's a San Diego kid and, and his hair looks like it. And <laughs> he, you know, he, he wears his baseball pants kind of in a unique way. And, you know, he, he gets two strikes and he chokes up on the bat about yep. six inches and is just like looking to flick <laughs> Holding the, the barrel. You know? yeah. yeah, basically. Like he really just wants to make contact somewhere. And, you know, with his speed, why the heck not? But um, he's, he's my on this. I don't know what you think you're but he's my favorite guy on this roster just because he's such a just such a different player from what you you see in college baseball yeah and I, I totally agree because and I was a little nervous I've always liked Jim Jarvis um, I, I thought when last year it seemed like there was gonna be some roster turnover obviously Zane Denton goes to Tennessee um, you see some other guys go to the draft a couple of other guys hit the portal I was thinking hey Jim Jarvis is a quality player he's an unbelievable shortstop you know there's probably gonna be teams that call on him and if he leaves I wouldn't be shocked uh, because I, I did know he was very close with Zane Denton as well. So for him to come back and kind of all year, you know, he's been, he's always struggled with this hitting. The, the guy is a perfect infielder. Um, he makes just about any play, more plays than anybody else. I, I think he's the best fielding shortstop um, in the SEC, but he's always had those issues at the plate. Uh, and this year as, as, a, as a senior, Brad Bohannon wanted him to hit leadoff. He thought that's that was the perfect spot for him. But he told him time and time again, you're going to have to produce though, or it's not going to work out. I think he's starting to finally get into that position um, and kind of take ownership for it and become the leadoff hitter that Brad Bohannon wants. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's just as, as fun as you probably think he is in, in interviews. And um, you know, I think he definitely is one of the guys that kind of makes this team go in the dugout. At six and nine in the sec, you mentioned that record earlier. How much are we now seeing the value of not getting swept? I mean, it's almost a cliche in sec play. Just don't get swept, you know? And, and I think, with Alabama now at six and nine to your point, like they're right there. If they just kind of oh, yeah. take care of business, like they're in the mix. And I think there was a perception and I fell into this too, of thinking, especially after the Friday Auburn loss of like, eh, this team might be done and dusted, but they win the series and, and here they are. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought this up because it seems like there's like this cloud over the team this year that the fans and everybody are like, they don't think this is a tournament team. They think like the season's over. We we should revisit our, our head coaching situation, um, you know, and, and it goes on and on and on. But when you really take a wide scope view at this team right now, it is so I say this to people over and over again um, that don't maybe watch college baseball, follow it as much. When you're in the SEC, if you take care of business in non-conference, you win your midweek games and you avoid getting swept on weekends 
you're in the tournament just about every single time. I mean, because the RPI will always be there because of who you're playing. And so if you take care of business in the games you're supposed to win, you know, when you have a home series against Auburn, you win that and you can avoid, you know, you can allow yourself to lose games at LSU. You can allow yourself to lose games to Vanderbilt if you take care of the Missouris, the Mississippi States, the Ole Misses. Um, and in this, I guess in this case, the Auburns. So I've, I've tried to tell that to people that this team's probably in a position right now to be a two seed in a regional. Um, and I think that I still think they can play themselves into hosting it, it, depending on how the season finishes here. It's the beauty of the SEC that, well, <laughs> the beauty or the pain of the SEC, right? Because you're, you're on a razor's edge. The difference between hosting and on the wrong side of the bubble is not that big. So right, right. Um, it, it can go either way. So yeah, there's, there's an optimistic view of that and a, a pessimistic view, depending on your, your viewpoint in the world. Um, you know, at, at the risk of putting too much on it though, looking ahead to this weekend, you're, Alabama's going on the road to Mizzou and Mizzou's pesky at home, but, but also uh, they have to be looking at that as a series that, Hey, we, you know, if we're serious about being a postseason team, this is a series we need to get. How big does this feel to you? It is. It is big. And I, I talked about it with, you know, one of the communications guys over for the baseball team. And we kind of said, hey, I think this weekend it's got to be two out of three. You know, you kind of visit each weekend. You say, here's what here's what you would like to do. Here's the worst case scenario. And here's the best case scenario. I think when you go to Columbia, it's obviously an improved Tigers team. They, they've kind of been like a not one of the better programs in the conference since they joined the SEC for good reason. I mean, they went from the Big 12, which doesn't put as much emphasis on baseball to a conference like this where, you know, they kind of had to figure out how to compete. And I think this year they're doing a good job. They're 5-10, and 10, uh, which, let's just say this, it's the same record that Tennessee has in the conference as well. Um, but, yeah, I think you got to get two out of three. I don't think it would be the end of the world if you got one out of three, just it being on the road. But it obviously starts with a win over UAB on Tuesday. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a big weekend in Missouri, especially with who you got coming up. You've got to go to Baton Rouge next weekend, then Vanderbilt comes to town, and then you got to go to College Station. So, this is kind of one of those series that, hey, if we want to allow ourselves some losses down the line here, down the stretch with LSU and Vandy and Texas A&M coming up, we might need to go ahead and take care of business in Columbia while we can. I'm glad you mentioned the, the midweek game because I, I always forget to, to say this when I record on a Tuesday, but for the listeners, Austin and I are recording this before <laughs> Tuesday's result against UAB. Yeah. It will be up after Tuesday's result against UAB. So A... If something crazy happens in the midweek game and you wonder why we're not talking about it, that's why. <laughs> Secondarily is there may be news on, you know, somebody might ask Bo about Hit or Hess and their status. And so if we're not talking about that and it's because we don't have anything to report right now. Correct. But that might change after the midweek game. So it, it should be set. So th thank you, Austin, for reminding me of that. <laughs> However, inadvertently, because I just I always forget to, <laughs> to bring it up. Uh, last question for you, you know you have interesting perspective because now you cover the team professionally, but you also were a, were a student there and, and mm -hmm. covered the team as a student reporter. So you've kind of seen the, the arc of this program and, and Alabama baseball is, is unique to me just because obviously football is, is what it is. Mm -hmm. And basketball now is, is obviously a big deal and, you know, has been extremely successful. And so what's your feel on where interest in the community is with the baseball program? Cause it's, it's a successful program historically, obviously Jim Wells, a lot of success back in the day, but it's also not on the level of, you know, pick your SEC power that's won a national title in the last 15 years, right? So it does occupy this kind of interesting space where there's history, but not a lot of recent like Omaha level history. So just give me the cliff notes version of kind of where you see this baseball program in the Alabama athletics hierarchy. Yeah, it's a good question. And I think, you know, it all comes with success, right? Um, you know, if we're going to go back to basketball, like you mentioned, 
a decade ago when that basketball team never made the NCAA tournament. Um, it was just in shambles. There weren't that many people at Coleman Coliseum watching those games. I mean, they were not as interested as they are now when the team, you know, reaches the number one ranking in the country and makes the Sweet 16 two out of three years, wins the SEC title two out of three years. I think the baseball thinks the same way. This weekend was a great crowd for good reason. Um, you're always going to have a good crowd when Auburn comes, but it, it all starts with winning. And um, the students have been really good at, at filling out the right field terrace this year. Um, but you've got to win baseball games. And I think the series went over Auburn could be big. Um, you know, you got Vanderbilt coming in two weeks. I, I think you'll probably see some fans there for that with how great of a season the Commodores are having. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not going to be like, I don't think it's like Mississippi States and Ole Miss and LSU baseball fans where that's kind of like their thing. And Tennessee's coming, becoming one of those, you know, you think of Tennessee as a, a football basketball school as well, but here comes Tennessee, you know, they come into play in the sec. They have the year they did last year and they start filling out that stadium. And I think Alabama can be the same way. I don't, I don't see any reason to where if this team's playing in the top 10 every season that, you know, the Joe wouldn't be packed out just about every single weekend during SEC play. So it starts with winning. Uh, I think everybody knows that, but you know, they, they definitely have a ways to go before they can get anything like duty noble. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and, and that's, I, I've always said, you know, sometimes people get snippy on Twitter when, when a program will post, you know, that we had great attendance this weekend and you get fans of teams that draw 10, 12,000 a weekend, right. you know, kind of laughing at it and like, yeah, okay. Like, all right, let, you know, let's, let's let everyone kind of take their successes where they are. And, and um, it's okay. We have different size stadiums, different size fan bases. It's, it's all fine. It's fine. Let's just, uh, <laughs> let's just appreciate it for what it is. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, winning a big piece of that Alabama took a big step last weekend with a series win against Auburn. I will be kind of fascinated to see where this team goes the rest of the way, because, to your point earlier, Austin, I think it's a, a team that could, once they get into a regional, whether it's a host or a two or whatever it is, uh, could really make some noise, especially with their with their roster depth. So I appreciated you joining us and, and talking a little bit about it and giving us an idea where things stand. Absolutely. Well, am I expecting to see you in Hoover late May? I will be in Hoover. Yes, we're doing a we're doing a uh, live show on the twenty second, the evening uh, the evening of the twenty second before the tournament. So we've got that going on, and then yes, Mark Etheridge and I will be in Hoover uh, for a long time, um, <laughs> basically <laughs> from Monday afternoon until until the title game. So awesome! I actually I actually will be in Hoover until the following Tuesday because I don't need to get into all of it here. But you know <laughs> the the flights back home are not great after the title game, and then right. Monday the selection show happens, and I have to be like watching the selection show and we've got a lot of content coming out on monday so i can't really spend my whole day traveling home on monday so i'm actually just staying in hoover and working at the hotel monday and then i'm gonna fly back tuesday so i will be i mean i I will be a local by the time it's all said and done i i you know being on the alabama beat you know you get to cover alabama football games you get to go to death valley in the fall and do all that kind of stuff but year in year out one of my favorite things to do is go to hoover for this baseball tournament Um, i think the fans show out is great Alabama fans come LSU fans are always there and rowdy. Um, and it's, it's a great time. I mean, last year we had the issues with the rain uh, was, is the tournament going to get finished? You know, how are they going to fit all these games in and to kind of put it for a whirlwind, but SEC baseball tournament in Hoover, Alabama is one of the greatest spectacles on my sports calendar for sure. Yeah, agreed. And it's, it, there's a little bit of a communal thing to it, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. The SEC football title game in Atlanta is great and it's a spectacle. And, and especially if there's teams, you know, traditional powers in that thing, 
Um, that's great. The SEC basketball tournament is its own thing in Nashville, but that's kind of one and done. But with, you know, with the baseball tournament, except for that first day, that's one and done. But if you make it to the main bracket, you know, you're going to be there a few days. You can kind of hang out and, yeah. you know, go to some other teams games. And so there is kind of like a, I don't know the right way to put it, but a, a, like a carnival type atmosphere where you're just there, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know, you know, whereas, you know, these football games, you, you fly in and out, you know, you're mm-hmm. there the day before the game, you fly right. out the day after, but you can, you can really kind of, kind of spend some time at, at these tournaments. And I, I've always kind of been pulled to that as a, as a baseball guy. So it's, it's a good point. That is going to do it for this episode of highway to Hoover. And, and we are, we are barreling down the highway to Hoover. As a matter of fact, we're going, <laughs> we're going about 15 over the speed limit towards, <laughs> towards Hoover because it'll be, yeah, here it's, it's coming out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you to Austin Hannon for joining us. Read all of his work at BamaCentral.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Austin Hannon SI. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks again, Austin. We'll talk to you all soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.